Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. How the heck are you? I'm really good. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, gosh. I Well, actually, I played hooky yesterday, <laughs> so that always helps the attitude. <laughs> yeah, you had a good day I yesterday. I had a good day. I got to share some time with my mom. Yep. And it was just a beautiful weather. It was just a good day. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you were able to do that. Yeah, thanks for picking up my slack. Yep, yep. I can't I can't take all the credit. <laughs> There's a team of peeps around here that, right. that love to cover for each other and we need to, t- to play hooky. That's right. Oh, goodness. So we have kind of a, a serious topic today, but before we get into that, um, I just want to, I was just wondering, have you ever cried because you were so happy? You know, I have found out throughout this tough exterior <laughs> that um, there's kind of a, a, a sappy bugger inside. Yes. Yeah. What is that? A crunchy air? It's just like a candy bar where it's crunchy on the outside and gooey on the inside. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, gosh, you know, I, I'll never forget, um, at, you know, like when, when Bailey actually ended up with their big, you know, master's degree. I, I cried. Yep. Um, I remember when uh, my brother Richard was and Carmen told me that they were pregnant for the very first time. Oh. I cried. I mean, I, yeah, uh, I there cried. There is a softy in there. There is, you know, Hallmark <laughs> movies, they hit me every time. But yeah, I, I, I like, I, I, I'm not too proud to say that I, I will cry. Yes. <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> Occasionally, big things happen, and you're just so overjoyed that yes. you just cry. Yeah. Well, good. What about you? Absolutely. Yes. And most of it. <laughs> are <Great>. you surprised? <laughs> um, most of it is just, you know, when people around me that I love, when they find success or they find things that they love or they reach goals and, and achieve things, that's, I, I, it means a lot to me. So I was thinking about it a little bit and a couple things. My youngest daughter, Bailey, of course, the lamb showman, um, she had she had a goal this year going into Montana State Fair and she wanted to be able to win the market show with a lamb that she bred. Mm. She was able to accomplish that goal. And so you can bet your bottom I cried. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I also at times cry over different things. You know, my girls make me incredibly proud. And most recently I, I had told you a little bit about it, but um, Sammy applied and was accepted into a certified medical assistant program through, I believe it's Purdue University Global is what it's called. Oh, so nice. she's pretty excited about that. And at, I just, that stuff really means a lot to me. I love that the girls are those forever learners and always looking to try to improve themselves. So yeah, little things. It's not always big sobbing alligator tears, but nope. I definitely do. They do roll when, when good things happen yes. for sure. Isn't that the best? <laughs> yes, for sure. Good. For sure. Good. Coolio. Well, um, as I stated, we are going to be, um, we've got a pretty serious topic today. 
and it is about seniors and mental health. But I'd like to read a verse to you that really hit me as I think about this topic. And so it actually comes from um, a Joel Osteen, um, I guess it's called Today's Today's Word with Joel and Victoria. So I want to give credit to that. But this scripture, this verse is 1 Peter 5.10. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before the generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. That's awesome. Yep. There's always hope. Yes. There's always hope. And it doesn't, you know, we're all going to have days when we feel down and maybe um, things aren't going our way or not not how we thought they were going to go, but just keep the faith because it's not going to last forever. There's always hope and God gets the last word. Yep. He is in control. (laughs) For sure. If you have a verse that you would like to share with us, please send it to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the caregiven podcast at gmail.com and uh, share those with us and maybe let us know why it's meaningful to you. Um, If you just like it because you like it and that's all you have to say, that's okay. Send that to us too. Again, the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to roll into uplifting stories because I have one. We know Thanksgiving is coming up yep. and I stumbled ac- across this story and it's actually, this is like its sixth year. Um, this is a story in motion. And if you're okay, I'd love to share mine. Do I can't it. wait. I'm like Jump a small in. child. Go, go. Okay. So this, this story actually starts all the way back in 2016 and it starts with a text message. Um, There's a lady who sent a text message out and it says, Thanksgiving dinner is at my house on November 24th at 3 p.m. Please let me know if you're coming. Hope to see you all. Of course, that includes Amanda and Justin. The response to this text message is, who's this? Your grandma. Grandma, can I have a picture of who? Well, you, LOL. So grandma proceeds to send a picture and says, yes, here I'm at work. To which she receives the response, uh, you're not my grandma, <laughs> along oh. with a picture. But can I get a plate though? <laughs> oh. To which grandma says, of course you can. That's what grandmas do. We feed people. So this story, the context of this story, Jamal Hinton and Wanda Dench will be celebrating Thanksgiving together for the sixth year in a row. Back in 2016, Wanda texted Jamal inviting him to her holiday dinner, thinking it was her grandson. Her grandson had recently changed his number at the time, which she didn't know. Oh. Jamal and his girlfriend, Michaela, drive from Tempe, Arizona to Mesa every year to join the Dench family. Hmm. Last year, Wanda's husband, Lonnie, passed away. To honor his life, they kept their tradition with a much smaller gathering due to the pandemic. Wanda, who grew up in a military family that moved often, says, We moved around a lot, so I was always going to new places. And so strangers were not strangers to me. Family is more than blood. It's the people you want to be with. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Wow. So random. And I just, like I said, I came across it. I'm like, this is, this is a story that will go on forever. And I really hope that every year it gets updated with their Thanksgiving picture because we do have many years of Thanksgiving pictures. That is adorable. What a neat, um, just what a neat thing to have happen. Yeah. 
I've had that happen before where you get a text message from somebody that's not actually looking for you. It did not turn into a Thanksgiving feast and like a (laughs) forever family. Um, But I thought that was neat. Oh, that's a very cool story. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Mine is uh, somebody cares a laugh a day. (laughs) Um, This gal's name, Rogene Hingston, her daily emails brought a much needed laugh to family and friends. Excuse me. And she said, the COVID pandemic had me feeling lonely and sad during the spring of 2020. Then I came across a photo that listed reasons we should still be hopeful. I emailed it to my friends and family members. Many of them wrote back, saying not only had it brightened their day, but they forwarded it to their contacts. The next day, I read a joke about how when we'd change the clocks for daylight savings times and we hadn't known we were switching the standard time to the twilight zone. <laughs> I laughed and sent the joke to my email list. People thank me for their morning chuckle. Realizing how much everyone needed a laugh, I began sending a joke, a joke seven days a week, plus an inspirational quote on Sundays. It was a lovely way to keep in touch with family and friends. Though I had planned to retire as a pandemic as the pandemic wound down, I ended up enjoying the daily emails so much I kept them going. Wow. So there she gave a, a, just a, <laughs> a little bit of joy to people every yep. day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's um, what we're going to be talking about today, actually. It's ironic that that's the story I picked. Yep. And, and the topic is how are we reaching out to our people? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I think we just get right into it. And honestly, the topic is um, seniors and mental health. And, and we just wanted to bring light to a situation that maybe doesn't get as much um, attention as it should. But I think that we're, we're doing better in our communities um, to address these things. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm going to tell you that um, health has been defined as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Because mental health is essential to the overall and well-being, health and well-being, um, it must be recognized and treated in all Americans, including older adults, with the same urgency as physical health. For this reason, mental health is becoming an increasingly important part of the public health mission. I think that um, this last year has really brought this topic to top of mind Mm -hmm. because uh, it is one of those things that we... Just don't think about it, especially us that are busy. Right. We, we just don't slow down to realize that there's a lot of people that are isolated. Yes. And yeah, so. Yeah, there's a lot going on out there. And it's it's not that every situation is um, is forever, but I think we need to take some time to really think about, you know, what are some goals and what are some things and what can we teach and educate people about mental health so that they can stop and go, Hey, maybe I could do a little bit better in this way. Right. Um, I would like to say that goals and traditions of public health and health promotion can be applied just as usefully in the field of mental health as they have been um, in the prevention of both infectious and chronic diseases. Public health agencies can incorporate mental health promotion into chronic disease prevention efforts. Um, They can conduct surveillance and research to improve the mental health evidence base and collaborate with partners to develop comprehensive mental health plans. So I think that maybe, Julie, it would be really good to just talk a little bit about you know, what are some of the big ones? We know that depression is, is a very big mental health issue and it does not just affect youth. It does not just affect, you know, young people like us, right? Um, it does affect our seniors and, you know, what do we need to know about it and how, what can we do to help people that are going through this? Right. They, they, um, even say that, um, 
at least 20% of people that are 55 years old and older have some kind of a mental health concern. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what are those? We're not just talking mental health in terms of mental illness, Mm -hmm. because there is a a significant amount of that. But what are the things from day to day, the depression, the anxiety, and all of that? Yep, yep. So they say actually that the presence of a depressive disorder um, can often adversely affect the course and it can complicate the treatment of other chronic diseases. So the significance of depression, um, it's pretty big. And depression, it's a type of mood disorder. Um, It's most prevalent. It it is the most prevalent mental health problem among older adults. It's associated with distress and suffering. It can also lead to impairments in physical, mental, and social functioning. Um, the presence of depressive orders um, often adversely affects the course and complicates the treatment of other chronic diseases, as I had said before. So um, unfortunately, dis- depressive disorders are wi- widely under-recognized under-recog- as a condition, and they're often untreated or undertreated among older adults. There was um, a, a survey that went out, mm-hmm. and one of the questions is, is how often do you feel that you um, get the uh, social and emotional support you need? Yeah, interesting. I, I'm looking at that as well. And um, the numbers are kind of staggering because it, it shows a map and it's, you know, there's a zero to 7.87% of people, which is on your lower end, but it actually goes up all the way up to like 17.74% of people that reported that they rarely or never received um, social support that they needed. And, and social support serves... Um, it's a major support function uh, that's emotional support, informational, instrumental. And these things are super important to our aging population who I think, you know, as they age, they kind of lose people around them to a degree. And so mm-hmm. the more and more and more that that happens, the more isolated they become and the less they feel that they are um, supported socially. Yeah, I, I know that um, every time my grandmother has a friend that passes, yeah. It really puts her into a funk. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, I think that um, that people start to kind of just look around them and they see everyone that they're losing around them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I have to um, laugh just a little bit because it, you know, includes, like you said, the emotional support, which is sharing problems or venting emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is you for me. <laughs> you lucky gal. <laughs> uh, same, sister. <laughs> um, but a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And um, to have that close person that they can just visit with or or cry with or whatever, and that really to hold that in, mm-hmm. I just know with myself and my own personality, um, holding things in is just so negative. Mm-hmm. And if you can just spout it off, yep. Oh gosh, it's like it's gone. Yep. Well, they do say that like adequate social and emotional support is associated with reduced risk of mental illness, physical illness, and mortality. So it's important. Yeah. It's important. You you need your village. You need your tribe. Yeah. Yep. You can't do this alone. <laughs> yeah. The good news is there are a lot of people that do say that they have that amount of support that they need. Mm-hmm. But then we have the ones that just simply don't. Yeah. And they're the ones that fall through the cracks. Yeah. So I think if you think about it or if we think about it together and our listeners, you know, if you see somebody that's struggling or you know that maybe they're feeling alone, what can you do? Is it that little... Um, the little quote or the, you know, what can you do to try to bring a little bit of joy to someone just so that they don't feel like they're alone? What is that one saying that, um, you know, when you're in the grocery store 
and you compliment somebody on their hat mm-hmm. or their jacket, and that may be the only nice thing they hear all day long. Yeah. From a complete stranger. Yep. And you have no idea that what you just said as a passing moment made their whole day. Yes. I think it's important to look at people um, and, you know, make eye contact and make sure that they, f- they feel that they are being seen. And something that I had actually learned from my grandma Fisher, um, it's interesting because so many times we think out of respect that we want to say Mr. Fisher, Mrs. Fisher, but my grandma said, we want to be called by our name, uh-huh. which is interesting to me, mm-hmm. but you know what? We're just humans. We just want to be called by our name. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, um, so one of the other questions through one of these studies was talking about, you know, in general, how satisfied are you with your life? Well, that basically is influenced by your social economic status, Mm -hmm. your health and environmental factors. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of variables when you talk about any of those topics. Right. And I think we do say um, to ourselves as much as to anyone, you know, what are the things in your life that you can take control of to help make your situation better? Um, Because it does start with you for sure. So, you know, try to be doing the things that make you feel better. Find something that brings you joy. Right, right. Dissatisfaction is associated with obesity and risky health behaviors such as smoking, physical inactivity, and heavy drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people that are depressed, what do they do? They try to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. And, and what is that with? A lot of times it's alcohol. And alcohol already is a depressant. Right. So they don't think about two depressants making it (laughs) a worse worse situation. situation. Well, and how, how many times, Julie, have we been sitting at our desks and you're just in a funk and one of us says to the other one, get up, let's go. We're going to go walk around the block. And what a difference that makes. It just clears your head. And you know, not everybody can take that full stroll around the block, but maybe it's just getting up and taking a walk around the island in your kitchen or walking down the hallway in your apartment to get the mail. Um, you know, just little things like that. Opening the shades. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that's a big one. Yeah, on that isolation too. When you're when you're just dark and closed in, um, I, even at home, I think about you know some mornings on the weekend I'll get up and I haven't pulled the shades up yet, and I just feel like something's missing, something's not right. <laughs> and then you you pull the shades, and all of a sudden you're looking out into this beautiful world, and the light comes flooding in, and it just makes a big big difference. Oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yes. So a lot of people do say that they are satisfied or very satisfied with their jobs. Um, and there is a, though a, a percentage of people that are dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their lives. Mm. And some of those are between like age 50 and 64. And I almost wonder if it's just because of that part of their age. They're like, what have I done with my life? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with the rest of it? And you get hard on yourselves. Yep. And, and you're just like, I don't, I'm not where I wanted to be, or why right. did I get myself into this situation? <laughs> you know, 2020, when you look back at stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Hindsight, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you start to get into the, that age group and, and things are changing for you and major life changes. And maybe you're getting closer to retirement and, you know, there's just big stuff going on. Yeah. And I, I do think that what you say about that reflection back going, you know, did I, did I do everything I wanted to do? Can I still do those things? You know, there's a lot to think about. (laughs) My knees are creaking and my back hurts. And I went to bed and I woke up in worse shape. (laughs) Hurt myself on a pillow. Yes. That's happened. It has happened before. (laughs) Yes. 
Uh, one of the questions on the survey was now thinking about your mental health, um, which includes stress, depression, and problems with emotions. Um, for how many days during the past 30 days was your mental health not good? Wow. And a lot of people had really bad days. Yes, yes. And they talk about um, like frequent mental distress. Um, this, I'm assuming, goes back to that how many bad days out of 30. Right. And the people that are having frequent mental distress, the, it, it, it can interfere with major life activities, such as eating well, maintaining a household, working, sustaining personal relationships. So, um, you know, if you are having that or if you are witnessing someone who is having those frequent type of mental distressors, uh, definitely you want to try to get involved and, and help them work through that to minimize those episodes because it can have an effect on your overall physical health. Um, older adults with those frequent mental distressors, they're more likely to engage in behaviors that can contribute to poor health, such as smoking, um, not getting the recommended amounts of exercise, you know, not eating a good diet with fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, it's for the most part, all of these things are saying the same thing, Yeah, but um, just from a different angle. Yeah. One of the things that we wanted to make uh, very clear is as we talk about the word depression, mm -hmm. um, that's depression is different than just being sad. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I am very sad because I am, somebody is sick. Right. Depression is more than just that passing mood. Yes. Rather, it is a condition in which one may experience persistent sadness, withdrawal from previously enjoyed activities, difficulty sleeping, physical discomfort, and feeling slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the risk factors, if we think about the population that we're mostly working with, so some of the risk factors for late onset depression would include things like widowhood, um, maybe a physical illness, um, Maybe someone has a lower educational attainment. Maybe there's an impaired functional status or a heavy alcohol consumption. But the good news is that depression is one of the most successful treated illnesses. Mm -hmm. uh, there are very highly effective treatments for depression in late life, and most depressed older adults can improve dramatically with treatment. Yeah, that's, that's the greatest thing about it is that there, there has been so much um, innovation and so many opportunities for people to either take medications or, or, you know, just try different things that can help treat depression. So it's, it's not a great thing, but there's help. First off, we got to figure it out that that's what is happening to us yep. because sometimes it happens to you and you don't even realize it. Yes. You just get into that funk. Um, and I, I have to laugh and I, I think I've said this before, but the other day I walked in and you looked at me and you said, are you in a bad mood? <laughs> and that is not depression. That is just, <laughs> but I have um, a village around me that if they think I'm in a bad mood, they'll, they'll kick me out of it. <laughs> Probably kick me right I, in the butt I just... and, and, and say, no, you're not doing that. And, and are you and, and I think specifically, you said, well, are you going to get over it? <laughs> I, like, I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> oh, man. I so if you have a village like that, <laughs> you, just, you know, but um, if you don't, you have to reach out. Mm -hmm. You have to reach out and you have to say, I don't, I don't feel good. I need, I need help. And know so, that it's okay. Yeah. Because I think a lot of um, the struggle that comes along with depression is it's, you can't see it. Right. Right. So it's not like a broken arm. It's not like, you know, you stubbed your toe and now you're walking around with the boot on. You cannot visibly see what is going on with someone. So we have to look at these other factors um, and, and give validation to those. 
That reminds me of a, a years ago, I worked for a neurosurgeon and a lot of the stuff that came in with the client and, and their spouse or whoever would come into the doctor's appointment um, was mental health. Mm-hmm. And what they would finally figure out is like, when you go to a neurosurgeon, it's something internal. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got this back issue, you've got uh, the, whatever the headaches. You can't see that. It's not like you broke your your arm and you're in a cast. And so everybody's like, oh, you have an right. owie. It's all internal. Yes. So people cannot see yes. the internal that you're going through. Right. And then they get frustrated with you right. because you're not acting whatever normal is. Sure. And, and that causes more and more burden as well. Yeah. I think it, then it tends to make the person who's going through the depressive episode, um, they feel like, God, am I crazy? Or because it's hard to explain what's happening. And, and like you said, you know, the, the outsiders that can't see truly what's going on, do they get frustrated and you know, what's the matter with you? You look fine. You You look look fine. Right. Um, That's what we hear all the time. Yeah. You look fine. What is wrong with you? Yes. What's your problem? Yeah. And that's not okay. It's not. (laughs) No. The other thing that, that goes along, often goes along with depression is anxiety. Yeah. And anxiety like depression is among the most prevalent mental health problems among older adults. Um, the two conditions often go hand in hand with almost half of older adults who are diagnosed with a major depression also meeting the criteria for anxiety. Mm. That's a terrible feeling. It is. We were just actually talking about it the other day. I think over time, you you maybe have had one sort of anxiety attack mm-hmm. situation. I've had a couple in my life and it's miserable. Yeah. You feel like you're dying. Yeah. I thought I had an elephant on my chest and I was really young. Right. And I, I remember just... Being, and I don't remember the reasons, but I just remember one day feeling like I couldn't breathe. It mm-hmm. was heavy. I just, I, I, I did not know what was wrong with me. It, it was scary. But thankfully, I, it, I've only had that happen one time. But um, it, it, it rocked my world because it, a lot of people live like that. Yes. And it's not something that I would ever want anyone to have to experience, but I think it does give you perspective if you have experienced some type of an anxiety attack. And, you know, for some people, um, there's situational things that go on. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it, there's just no real understanding yeah. of why or when these things hit. But, you know, if you've experienced it to any degree, you know that it is very unpleasant. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah, but yeah. I do think I would. I went through that episode just so I could have more empathy. I agree with I that. Mean, I, I think I, I was supposed to have my moment <laughs> and not like it very much, um, so that I, I didn't, I could, you understand. could understand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They do say that um, older adults are less likely to report psychiatric sim- symptoms and more likely to emphasize physical complaints. Oh. But if you think about it. Um, some of the things that depression does to you or that anxiety does to you, like you're talking about, like you felt like you were dying, you felt heavy. Mm-hmm. So people might not really realize that, I mean, it feels like a physical thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then when you feel like that, uh, you wonder physically what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And so do we then just have somebody give us a pill? Because we think right. that that's what the situation is, and we never go back to the initial situation and what actually caused right. that feeling in the first place. So I think right. we miss a lot I think of so cues too. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, you go straight to that medicine, and, and 
somehow bypass or skip over the what's the root of the issue and I mean there are a lot of different treatments out there that can help people with depression and and they don't all include just getting a prescription yeah for sure same with anxiety yeah and there are lots and lots of coping techniques and different things people can do so you know what even if you don't have depression or if you don't have anxiety I really highly encourage you to go and do a little bit of research because maybe it will help you be able to relate to people that do suffer from some of these conditions um, in a more empathetic manner. And also just on that topic alone is it seems like we are in such a fast paced world Mm -hmm. that we don't slow down Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily check in on each other as good as we should. Right. Well, and I'll be the old lady in the room to, to just put it out there. Um, I think we all can agree you know, whether seeing other people go through things or personally having experiences that um, social media is having a very, very unfortunate um, impact on a lot of our mental health. And, you know, I just encourage you to set down your phone, you know, set down the text or the, the whatever social media outlet it is and, and actually pick it back up and dial the number and call your friend (laughs) and say, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, you were actually talking earlier about when you look at somebody, look them in the eye, mm-hmm. and we're losing that. Absolutely. And and with the pandemic, mm-hmm. we're losing a lot of touch, mm-hmm. and they were talking about what is this going to do to our future generations when kids have learned to be six foot apart. Yes. And they've they've been taught that, you know, that just the social media is the way to go because right. you can't get the cooties that way or whatever the case. Yeah. But we're, we're teaching ourselves well, that we can't do a, a handshake as, as, as easily and most as comfortable as we used to. Right. It's, it's true. There are all a lot of things. But they do um, the fist bump now yeah. or the elbow bump. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. Oh yeah. Nothing better than a good old fashioned handshake. <laughs> yes. Or a hug. Yeah. I'm oh, a hugger. Hugs are the best. I had a meeting yesterday with some, um, colleagues of ours on on a different event that we work on and I uh when I was getting ready to leave I went around the room and I hugged all of them we we were safe about it but anyway <laughs> hugged them all and then uh the guy that I started with was right by the door on my way as I was walking out of the meeting so I went ahead and hugged him again <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're like she's a hugger yeah cute <laughs> yes well I think that um you know something that's been pretty that's had a pretty big impact is senior isolation during COVID during the pandemic. And I thought we'd talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually becoming one of the most serious health issues faced by older Americans at this time. Mm -hmm. And we have seen it even in our business Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of families that were so desperate to get their people home because once somebody got into the hospital or to the nursing home or assisted living, they simply weren't unable to see them again, mm-hmm. except through the window. You've heard these horrendous stories. Oh, yeah. We've, we've had them. You know, we've had families who their family member went into the hospital or skilled nursing, and, and the last that they got to see them was, was literally through a window, maybe touching hands through a window. Ugh, it's just, just very devastating. Makes me so sad. Well, and, you know, with the risk factors of, of some of a lot of the demographic that we are caring for, you know, they have diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, respiratory diseases, cancer. And so we are, we are definitely being told that these, these are at higher risk, right? So these people are maybe already have a compromised system. And so they're at at more of a risk to end up getting COVID-19. 
Um, so that means that they probably aren't going to be going out into the community as much as they once were. Um, yeah. So they just then start to isolate. And without that social interaction, you are missing such a chunk yep. of your life. And what's sad about it is people are just scared. They're just scared. They're so scared. Um, so we have families, individuals that have just kind of literally just locked themselves in their home yeah. and maybe groceries can be delivered and left out on the porch. And it, it's, it's just terrifying. It, you know, some situations it's a husband and a wife, but not every situation is that right. We have some people who are just very much by themselves and so afraid to go out. And so they're just, just by themselves. So I think there have been some programs that have gone into place and we've tried to do a lot. I know when, when COVID first hit and these things were happening, you know, we were calling every week, just checking in on people. How are they doing? You know, maybe we're not sending caregivers at this point, but we just still want to know that you're okay. Um, and a, and a phone call is better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, when we had, um, Susan Kunda on yep. actually like places like the agency and aging may have a program like ours does where they will make daily calls mm -hmm. to people and just, so they get that warm voice mm -hmm. over the phone. Yep. How awesome is that to get that call that just made your day? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to read a little statistic here and then I think we can go into some of the reasons how or why seniors become isolated. But um, senior isolation is poised to become one of the most serious health issues faced by older Americans. Some 18% of adults age 65 and older in the United States live alone and 43% of them report feeling lonely on a regular basis. So That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. But you put together some some information here for us about how seniors become isolated. Yeah, well, and we see this all the time. Uh, many seniors live far away from their siblings, adult children, and other family, making it difficult to maintain consistent contact. There are a lot of times, like our agency, we become that extended family because the kids live, the closest one lives in Texas. Right. Or, or, so they just are only able to see that person um, once every couple of years. Yeah. Well, you touched on it earlier. Um, spouses and friends begin to pass away yeah. as, an, as an adult ages. And so that inner circle, as they get older, just starts to shrink and shrink and shrink. Yep. Uh, today's seniors have um, had fewer children than the ch generation before them. Mm -hmm. And so that means that there's a smaller family unit. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are times that when we do a home visit, like I just got a call today where um, I asked now, how many siblings are there? Do, how many do you have? Because I always want to know what is going to be the village. Right. And uh, she said, well, it'll just be me taking, um, taking yeah. care of my dad when he comes home. Yeah. So that helps me know that I need to step up that much more mm -hmm. because not only are we taking care of him, we've got to be concerned for her. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Another reason that um, seniors can become isolated is that hobbies or interests um, that are often what they, the, what would help them stay socially engaged with others as, as people age, they might lose the ability to remain as physically or mentally active and so they can fall out of touch with some of those things. Um, I always think about my mom and my grandma. My grandma forever has volunteered at the clothes closet, which is a um, United Methodist Women um, thrift store in in Columbia Falls, Montana. And that was that's her thing. So like Tuesdays and Thursdays, she would always go and she'd say she was volunteering at the Double K department store. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 
um, she's not been able to do that as much recently with her health issues. And, but, um, it, I don't know, those things are really important. And so if you, if you are feeling isolated and can, can get out there and find a way to volunteer people to be around, I highly recommend it. Senior centers are great Mm -hmm. and they have lots and lots of different activities. My mom, grandma Jean, she loves to do the line dancing Mm -hmm. at the senior center. And that's something that keeps her socially engaged. Uh, uh, seniors may become less mobile as they age. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories I think about is Willie. Mm-hmm. Willie was uh, just the sweetest man. He had been an active man his whole life. Mm-hmm. He had been a park ranger. He was just an incredible man, just out in nature. Mm-hmm. But as he started to age and he was more focused on his wife that we were helping take care of, we would encourage him to go have coffee with the boys. And he just did not... You know, we offered to take him. Mm-hmm. We just knew that he needed to get out, but he had just shut himself in that house. And I think a lot of it actually was because he was not able to move around as easily. I think there was almost a bit of uh, worry that somebody might judge him because he was not the the man he used to be mm-hmm. just because, you know, his body had, he had used it hard. So he, he, he walked more with that bent back. And, mm-hmm. and he, I think also mentally, a lot of people start to isolate themselves because they are very worried about not remembering somebody's name yes, or the topic that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so they just quit going to the coffee time or, mm-hmm. or, or just quit seeing people. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, you know, there, there are lots of reasons why people can isolate, but I think it would be good to move on and talk about some of the signs and symptoms of senior isolation. Um, loss of interest in socializing or engaging in interests. This is a big one, right? If a person who begins skipping out on their usual social engagements or stops participating in their hobbies or interests, um, they may be starting to spiral into that isolation. So if you are witnessing that, um, definitely pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Dramatic changes in weight or appetite. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good one to be when you go and see somebody watch for that. Yep. Sleep disturbances. Um, solitary seniors may begin sleeping too much, not enough or at odd hours of the day. Yeah. I think about clients Mm -hmm. that that's one of the main things that the kids will talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we try to not let them nap during the night, the day. Right. Um, so well, we've got to keep them busy. And a lot of the times we're hired for socialization. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lethargy, you know, mm-hmm. basically lethargic movement or speech is also a sign of possible isolation. Yep. Ne- neglect of personal hygiene. Mm-hmm. Yep. We do see that quite a bit. And then there's the cognitive decline. Um, by not so- socializing with the outside world and stimulating their minds, a person can slip into a cognitive decline. Studies have suggested that there is a link between isolation and an increased risk of Alzheimer's. Wow. Mm-hmm. Increased use of alcohol, tobacco, or drugs. Um, if an older adult who uncharacteristically begins to indulge heavily in alcohol, tobacco, or drug use may be coping with the effects of loneliness and isolation. Just this morning um, on the Today Show, They were talking about drug overdoses Mm -hmm. that were in complete um, sync of what what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They were just talking about the loneliness, the isolation, bringing on so much more Mm -hmm. of the overdose epidemic that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, People looking for an out. Yeah. And if you notice that there's 
somewhat of like a self-loathing going on, a senior who is not as self-sufficient as they once were, they may express feelings of worthlessness, helplessness, or of being a burden to others. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. So watch out for those. And if you start to see them, um, it's definitely time to take some action and see what you can do to help your person. Yep. And once again, um, I know that we talk a lot about the different resources that are out there, but if you find someone, you've got to find your fam- their family. You've got to find if they were attached to a church, you've got to get those resources out there to get these people the help they need. Mm-hmm. You've yep. got to look for it. And and so find, call an, a, a home care agency, call the hospital and talk to a social worker. Yep. Find the people in the community that know these resources. We, we've just got to help these people. Yep. And it can be scary to put yourself out there again and try to get socially active, but, um, but it can definitely be worth it too. Yeah. So they do say that some of the things that people can do um, to try to help combat that isolation is volunteering, right? Yep. Just like I'm talking about with my grandma Fisher, um, that, that brings her so much joy and, and gives her just a feeling of, um, of worthiness, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. They talk about, uh, continuing education and like our, our community college here, they constantly have cool things, photography, a hiking group, um, pottery. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. There's something out there all the time. Yeah. Well, and you know, the really cool ones are the kids college that happens in the summer. <laughs> I love those. I, my, I myself have thought about enrolling. <laughs> there might be an age limit, but yeah, continuing education, anything that you can do to just keep your brain going and, and surround yourself with people. Yep. Um, technology, you know, and it, it, those various human beings have various skill sets when it comes to technology, <laughs> but it can be useful to help stay in touch with friends and family. Yep. Oh. Yep. Uh, Facebook Live, their Skype. Uh, when when Bailey was in Africa, we used what was called WhatsApp. Yep. And that was an incredible connection mm-hmm. because otherwise I wouldn't have seen her for weeks on end. Yeah. So what a blessing. Yes. There's new stuff out there too. I see it all the time, like just little different gadgets and gaz, no, gizmos and gadgets, <laughs> something. Gadgets. I- that's we'll have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think it's called like Skylight or something like that. Is that huh. the picture frame that you you can send? Just basically, you can send pictures to it, and then they just automatically pop up. Oh, cool! So it can just be very random. Oh, um, and then they have that. like little friendship touch lamps and bracelets and different things where you don't even have to be. I mean, I could be like this with Sammy in Tennessee and I just tap my bracelet and then hers lights up and oh, so she knows I was word. thinking about her. How sweet is that? Yeah. And it's just a little thing. It's just a small little thing that oh. lets you know somebody was thinking about you. Oh, that's you. huge. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. Virtual hug. Yep. Yeah. I You had brought up the group exercise programs. Yes. So like I was saying, my mom, um, she does line dancing at the senior center in Columbia Falls. I know our Kalispell Senior Center has some different exercise, like scheduled exercise opportunities. And, you know, it, the cool thing is if you get involved with some of those, you just go at your own pace and yeah. you just, you do what you can, but it's a, it's an opportunity to be around other people. And I suspect that it's a whole lot less about the exercise than it is about just getting to be able to socialize with oh, people. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, different clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, bridge is a big deal. Cribbage. You know, there's a lot of people that they love to go out and teach at the schools how to yeah. play those games. Um, I'm laughing because my grandma and um, 
like way before my time, she had a group of friends, friends and neighbors, and I believe they called themselves the Clatterlip Society. <laughs> and they would get together like monthly and it was all the neighborhood ladies <laughs> and they would have a nice, I don't know if they had tea or what they did. They just, they clatterlipped, I guess. Oh, cute. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Part-time jobs. Um, <laughs> why not socialize with others, have a sense of purpose, and and make a little spending money at the same time? Uh, that does remind me, we would take these people. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, seniors if, helping seniors. Oh. What a cool idea is that to have people come in that are still able to drive mm-hmm. or just do light housekeeping or just sit and visit, make them a sandwich. Yep. We would happy to uh, hire people to do those kinds of oh, things. Oh, yeah. And it's just so fulfilling. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. good work. Um, finding or rediscovering a hobby. I've always said I need to find out, like I need to find a hobby because... I don't think I have any of those. So I'm working on that. Life has been your hobby. I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. A pet may be a good or bad idea. Just mm-hmm. depends on physically if you're able to handle it. Yep. And don't get a puppy, a baby, baby <laughs> animal because they, uh, they're just like a human. They eat, sleep, and poop. They, they require a lot of oversight. Yes. Yes. Lots of energy. We've actually had caregivers who have had um, pets, dogs, like therapy type dogs, like actual trained yeah my aunt Janice does that too oh she's had um I think it's called a therapy dog but anyway those are pretty neat too I always told Kevin actually that if I ever as I age if I ever do end up with any type of an Alzheimer's or dementia I want I would like for him to get me um like a cat they actually have you know what I'm saying like simulations or whatever it's like they very, purr. very lifelike. Yeah. That's what I, w- I think that's what would bring me the most comfort. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. remember that. Cats like you. I don't, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have this silly barn cat that was, he just never, like he would, for years, he just sat out in the field and he was a stray. We don't know. But now <laughs> he's my best friend. And when I go out there, oh my gosh, I just have to pick him up and he just rides around on my shoulder. And <laughs> I just call him ugly kitty, but he he brings me a lot of beauty for sure. Cute. Uh, Churches are vital. Mm -hmm. You gotta, if there's women's groups, there's prayer club, there's, there's all kinds of ways to be involved. And kind of even going back on the, the technology thing, um, because of COVID, I think churches got, well, a lot of them did it already, but there, there is an opportunity to be able to join into, to worship and Mm -hmm. sermons and things like that through the interweb. Yeah. Yep. No, that's great. Uh, some people move to an assist, uh, assisted living facility or t- a type more of a social living environment. Mm-hmm. So there's most more socialization opportunities. Yep. yep. And we see that sometimes where, um, you know, we know people want to just stay at home. Right. We get that. But there are times that it is entirely appropriate for somebody to go out there and and live in that community for Mm -hmm. that social piece of it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, well, those are kind of some uh, different ideas or things that you can watch out for. And if you do think that you have identified yourself as someone that's struggling with some of these mental health or you're aware of someone, um, we just really encourage you to reach out and you know, let them know that you're there. And if you can help provide some resources for them, um, maybe, maybe that's just a ride to the senior center, whatever it looks like, maybe a phone call a week. We need each other. We do. 
We do. Yeah. And, and strangers need each other too. Mm-hmm. I know it's all that stranger danger and stuff, but if you see somebody that's not quite right, you know, just take a second. Yeah. Just, just uh, smile. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Coolio. Well, thank you, Julie, for putting together that information for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we ought to just roll right into our grandma sayings. Yes, we had a Delphine that said that um, her word of wisdom is, if you're lucky enough to have your grandmother with you, sit and talk with her sometime. Ask her big questions, like what's the secret to a happy marriage? And the little questions, like when was the first time you put on uh, lipstick? It's true, isn't it? Yep. Sit down with them. Yeah. Ask them the questions. And that helps with depression right there. Mm Mm-hmm talk to them, have interest in them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the one thing that I think about a lot when I meet people is, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known you when you were younger and, and just that full of energy and all of those life stories. Yes. But don't forget that that person is still a person. Yes. They have every single feeling. They have everything still. Well, and I think if you can get, um, if you can get someone to start talking, yeah. what you will find out will be amazing. I, I do love going out into the field and I love sitting with people and hearing their stories. So much wisdom out there. Really is. Yep. Yep. Coolio. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, remember you can subscribe on Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. You can also leave us a review, share us with a friend, join the Apaga Care and Share Facebook group so that you can share in our discussion. If you have a verse that you would like to share with us or an uplifting story, a grandma saying, We'll take it all. See, this is a way to socialize. (laughs) Absolutely. There you go. If you are feeling depressed, come and listen to us. (laughs) All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Have a good day. The caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrus Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrus or any of its affiliates. 